0: Us weirdos have to stick together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about Infinity Train. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal on the podcast car, it's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian?
1: Are we entirely sure that I'm the most wanted criminal on the podcast car, with how these episodes are starting to get? You know, go?
0: we do seem to bump into a lot of <laughs> crooks, but so far they haven't made it to the podcast car, so...
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would think that the people who are actually the crooks are probably the the floating bell that they're hanging out with at this point. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, it just seems like a lot... I
1: mean, not to get ahead of us, too, but it's like, it seems like these episodes are basically just Kez causes problems for everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that does seem to be the recurring theme of this season. That's four out of four so far.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, three
1: out of four. Kez wasn't in the first.
2: Well, season, okay, so yeah, fair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, aside from that, um, I don't know, I've got an interview tomorrow lined up at least, I have another one Tuesday lined up, both for like, favorite positions, the, the, the one, i forget if the one tomorrow is one I actually really did a phone pre screening for, but the one I have Tuesday I did have one of those in a
2: phone interview, so, that one at least sounds promising, if they would actually freaking say yes, finally, we're a job. That sounds good. I would like to have the money. <laughs> uh, especially
1: since I've, like, bought video games recently. <laughs> uh, actually, I actually have something to talk about games, because I got both Free 2 and Ember Knights. Hey!
0: Video games!
1: Hey! Video games! Uh, if you're curious to see Free 2, I uh, can go over to the Patreon, and I'm gonna play it early, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and pay plus $5 a month so you can watch me play the first 90 minutes of that. <laughs> Where uh things are definitely totally normally normal and fine and definitely not getting second uh time loose because of uh, you know frickin' radio ghosts from a uh, second ship.
0: What a deal. You I know. love it when things are totally normal and there's no radio ghosts.
1: Yeah. You know, uh well don't go to Kamina then, 'cause uh Kamina uh definitely not normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it's it very much plays, like, the original Action 3, which I thought was a 2018 game during, uh, the episode I did. No, it turns out that was a 2016 game. That was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, to my knowledge, I think this is only, like, the third game that, uh, that School Studios have made, because they made both these Action 3 games, and then they made After Party mm-hmm. in between, and After Party was that great. <laughs> so, I had kind of tepid, uh, expectations going into this, I would say, just because it's like, ooh, they only have a 50-50 track record now. But it's like, it definitely has a different feel, because in the first game, it's a bunch of, like, teenagers, like, fresh out of high school, so, like, it kind of had, like, a bit of teenagery dialogue, as, uh you know, similar to, like, Life is Strange, of, like, how, like, people in their 30s think teenagers talk kind of <laughs> deal. But in this one, it's, like, more, like, the main, the, the two main characters are, like, closer to the, like, late 20s, early 30s, from what I can gather, just based on, like, contextual stuff. And so it's like oh, okay, it's a little bit of a weirder dynamic of them being like, Yeah, we don't know what the fuck to do with our lives kind of deal. <laughs> also, uh, you know, aside from like the Radio Ghost thing, uh but like besides that Yeah, what's yeah, it's like a lot of like, oh yeah, this kinda does hit hard. A little bit of like,
2: Yeah, early thirties and it's like what the fuck the radio yeah, do I do? Yeah kinda of deal. And also Radio Radio Ghost is there. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, still very much that. Uh it's you know, I think uh, Night School series was made by some, like, former Telltale people, like, back when Telltale were in their heyday, with Walking Dead and stuff. So, uh, I think that's the case. I'm not fully sure. I
2: don't remember, really,
1: But, uh, I think it, some of them were there. Like, there's definitely, like, uh, some, uh, carryover with, like, voice actors and stuff, because I remember, like, the first uh, season, like, the main character, Alex, was voiced by, I think her name was Sasha from Tales in the Borderlands, and the, uh, the main guy, uh uh Jonas was voiced by the guy who played Kenny from Walking Dead Season 1 and 2. So, like, yeah, very much like, okay, yeah, they got some of like, the, the other talent from uh Telltale for the voices and stuff, so I think that they were some of the, like, main people also worked on the games. I see. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, Edward Knights is also very much taking a lot from Hades, I would say. It's, uh, you know, it is a top down roguelite kind of game, but it kind of has more of a, like, uh, focus on skills. Like, if you played Dead Cells, how a lot of, like, the upgrades you got were, like, making the skills have new effects and stuff. Which, I mean, to be fair, like, that is also what Hades has with your attack yeah. special and, like, call and stuff like that. And the chaos, but it's like, it, it feels a little bit more like that because, like, you know, you still have, like, a set weapon that you start like this, where it's, like, it kind of affects your, uh, stats a little bit. Of like, oh, this is like the crit class. This is the skill class. This is the like tanky class with a big hammer kind of deal. <laughs> so it's still very much like that style in Hades, but it's like the fact that it actually has like numerical stats as opposed to like, oh, you get like twenty percent more whatever the hell <laughs> it like it is in Hades makes it seem like it's a little bit of like a blending of the two. Yeah. Doesn't really does not have any of the like the story and world building of Hades though. So kind of closer to Dead Cells in that regard. But it's fun because it has co-op, and uh, <laughs> my friends and I already got to the fifth and final world and got our asses beat because that game gets really fucking hard around, like, the end of World 3. Oh, that was quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, like, not the longest game, and also, like, with it being in co-op, it is also a little bit simpler and easier, I, would I think.
0: guess that's fair. I suppose it depends on the yeah. game. It was extremely not my experience with the Portal co-op.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, like, Portal Co-op is also still its own separate thing. It's not like the single-player levels that they just throw you in with two people kind of deal. Yeah. Like, I don't know how, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how, like, uh enemies scale or anything based on the Co-op in this, but, like, I only played a little bit of it in single-player, and I got up to, like, the... I got up to the uh third boss as well on my own before I died, I think it was, with a really good, uh um, like, Poison based build with the... Uh, they call it the razor wind. It's basically like a throwing knife kind of weapon. But it doesn't have, like, a huge amount of range.
2: I see. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's pretty fun. Uh, it's a little goofy, but
1: not, like, you know, silly goofy. <laughs> it kind of takes itself a little bit seriously at times of, like, oh, you gotta stop the bad wizard guy who took the thing from the fire tree or whatever the fuck. and meanwhile, it's like, you can also just find a room that just has a giant mimic playing a record <laughs> player really loudly. And he does a little, like, uh, frickin', uh, like shell game toy with you of, like, oh, maybe you get to a little bit of gold or you get to fight another mimic or whatever. And <laughs> like, it's like, it's, it's silly in that regard, just like that. But it's, yeah, it's, it's just a little fun thing. It's like both of those games I got because, like, they were mostly on sale for, like, 25% off, I think, at their launch speed. <laughs> And also, it's like, oh, it's it looks like a fun little thing to play for a little bit. There's <laughs> too many fucking games releasing in the summer. I forget. at some point, I don't know what it is, because <laughs> it's like those both released within the last week, were hours away from Pikmin Four releasing, as I found out because a friend reminded me in five days from now. Four at this point really, uh, Remnant Two releases. I don't know if you. Played or heard of Remnant from the Ashes? not say that Staying I did. Like I think, I think Remnant from the Ashes was like a 2017 20...
2: game. I want to see this now. When did that release? Uh, when did that release? Uh, oh, that was 2019.
1: Okay, it was like yeah, it was like August 2019. So yeah, you know, a good like four years ago. It's basically like that's the game that I first heard Austin Walker talking about it because it's basically like imagine the, the the silliest and kind of dumbest way to describe it is imagine dark souls with guns <laughs> which is weird to think okay. about But it's like it very much it very much is like yeah you can only take a few hits you have like dodge rolls to get out of the way you have a stamina meter you do also have like a melee weapon that like changes up uh like they basically like are certain weapons themselves so it's like oh this one plays differently than like a big like hammer or whatever like this like little sword is quick compared to that or whatever it's just like real life and like Kinda, yeah. You have, like, certain abilities you can use, like, you know, it's like, you can basically play as, like, sort of, like, a caster class with, like, lighter weapons or whatever. Like, they have, like, they call them, like, archetypes, of so, like, oh, you want to be, like, the big heavy guy that does bleed or whatever? Or, like, the more, like, nimble person who focuses on using, like, spells essentially, kind of deal. You're fighting just a bunch of, like, weird-ass uh, monsters that you go into, like, different, like, worlds trying to, like, help humanity out from, like, a plant zombie invasion or whatever <laughs> of another world. So it's like, it's, it was really weird, uh, Remnant 2 basically looks like more of that, but like, they're kind of refining it, refining it a little bit, just cause like, the end game of Remnant 1 was not the best, cause they basically were just like, make you be like, okay, now play through the game another two times, and, and it's a little harder, and it's like,
2: okay, well, I guess. <laughs>
1: like, a few, there's like a few different guns you didn't get in the first run, cause you had to like, basically, like, hope that like a random event happens in the world, like when you're going through the zone to so basically, have it show up because it's like you know it's certain weapons it's more like bloodborne more than like oh here's just like another like whatever sword or whatever that there's like copies of that you can get from drops from them these like dark souls <laughs> yeah like that releases next week and then uh uh what was it um there's something soon releasing too i'm forgetting about but then like later on in august it's like uh, Baldur's Gate three and Armored Core six, and it's like, when did summer become the game, the time to dump a
2: bunch of games? Huh.
1: <laughs> like, what's going on? I, I basically like spent like months not really playing a whole lot. Like, I never even like she finished Tears of the Kingdom because I kind of just fell off about the midway points. I got the master sword. I only did one of the four dungeons. Kind of just lost interest, I guess. It's just not as, I guess because it's like it's just not as brand new and interesting to me compared to Breath of the Wild. Well
2: sure, I mean that was like, with, like the same game yeah.
1: yeah, like, you know, again. Exactly, but... Yeah, like they changed the mechanics. Yeah, like they add the areas like the sky and the underground stuff and they change the mechanics of like how you interact with the world even though it's still like the same physics engine and whatnot just how you interact with it is different now.
2: Yeah, I think it was just
1: that it's like, oh, okay, it's like, okay, it's like a refinement of Breath of the Wild, but it's not like as big of a departure as Breath of the Wild was, kind of deal, like, oh, this is what you're doing with Zelda now, okay. <laughs>
2: well, yeah. yeah. I don't know.
0: I mean, I'm not yep. surprised exactly, right? But, I mean, when uh, Breath of the Wild came out, it took so mm-hmm. long for them to put out a new one already. Yeah. Like, Yeah, it would have to be kind of the same thing. <laughs> I,
1: you, you say that, and meanwhile, it's like, Breath of the Wild is a 2017 game. 2023.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's my point.
1: <laughs> At six years, I still feel like, is like not the quickest turn over time, especially because like, they announced Tears of the Kingdom in like 2020, I think, or 2019. I'm forgetting when they f- first showed up, that first teaser, but then it still took them years, which obviously COVID had an impact.
0: Well, yes, that. And also, they had to make the system where you could strap rockets to anything.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you had to, they had to let you go ahead and launch, uh, fucking Korox into the other space.
2: <laughs> like, if,
1: if you can't blow up the corax, you know, what else can you do? <laughs> I, I still, I still like how people call that game Torture the Corax" cause it's just, it's a funny way that the acronym
2: still works. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's not the greatest thing to mess around with the Koroks. Alright, <sighs> right. well, that's lovely to hear.
0: Um. I basically have done nothing this week on account of having a job, again, and...
2: <laughs> you know,
0: it
1: kind of do be that way, huh? Where you're like, oh, I have more money for game, and, but it's like that I don't have time
2: for game <laughs> when you have jobs. It's
0: just so weird, right? Because, like, because my job is a hybrid position, I do half the day at home and then half the day in the office... And even though I'm only working five hours a day, it still feels like it takes up so much of my time just because of the fact that I have two separate stages of what I'm doing every day. You know, it feels like two tasks instead of one. Yeah. It's very... I don't know. I don't know how to talk about it. I'm not allowed to talk about it because it's in a medical office. I signed a thing, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you really can't talk about that stuff because I'm like
2: defensive.
0: Yeah sure enough. Uh I can say because I'm not naming people or even a specific person but I have in people's charts seen uh being prescribed tea like a lot and me over here going wow I didn't realize my aunt had so many trans patients but no actually that's just any man can get prescribed tea whenever he wants so. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah
1: like, like this woman can get. He described them to help
0: them stuff. So. Yay, the medical
2: system.
1: <laughs> Yay. We're don't just ascribe it to anybody for any reason as long as they're not trans. <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah, no, I'm. that's
0: mostly all I've been doing. Uh I have built a few more Warhammer guys. I built the first one that I was doing with um full magnetizing, so that's Great and terrifying and mm-hmm. the first one was pretty rough, but I figured it out, so now I have a lot more tiny plastic weapons mm-hmm. lying around. Um
1: <laughs> is that like a different uh way of putting them together or something? That uh sorry, that thing you said uh, about magnetizing, how it yeah.
0: So basically okay. in, in the game, right, every model usually has two or three different guns that you can choose to put on them that do different things like one of Mm -hmm. them might shoot farther but be weaker etc and the thing is is that normally when you put together a warhammer model you'd glue it all together but these things are very expensive is the thing like Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that i did were about 50 bucks for three models so that's not great but The the, the idea with magnetizing is that you drill out little holes in them and then you glue magnets in there so that instead of having to buy a new set so you can use the other gun, you can just
2: hot-swap it. Right. Yeah, because it's just slapped on, basically. Exactly, yes. And these are all, like, uh, like...
1: Well, you imagine like the size of like a and d figurine would be, for, or a miniature, right? Uh, depends
0: on the guy, but mine are generally at that scale, yes. Because I play dwarves, and dwarves don't really have a lot of big monsters or anything. I think the ones that I did this with are about an inch and a half tall, maybe.
1: Yeah, that's not very high, and it's like, you have to drill really tiny holes in them, for the magnets Seems pretty imposing.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely alarming. There's this there's a tool, uh modeling drill it's called, that I use. It's got about a one millimeter bit. Which works very well, but it's very hard to get the the hole drilled straight so it's not on an angle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile I have enough difficulty just trying to put together like basic ass
1: furniture. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that. Meanwhile it's like me being like, oh yeah, but I also make them the models. Yeah. <laughs> those I those I at least have like the uh uh, I forget the, how you would call it, like the proper, like, uh, little, like, sensor tool or whatever to remove them from the plastics, but you get rid of the little nubbins that it you yeah. to. Also, update to the Epion, I looked it up, uh, brand new Epion kits on eBay are, like, $70, so I opened up a brand new kit that was $70 from, like, 1994 to build it, <laughs> <laughs> like, a few years ago, and it's like, I looked it up and I was like, hmm, well. Cause I, I saw that because like I was like, I rearranged some stuff in my apartment and everything and like I, uh, had changed it around how some of the, my stuff is situated in my closet. And I had to basically like move the other, uh, kits that I have that I haven't built yet. And I saw like the Death Side Hell one, like basically from the same time, uh, has a sticker on it saying it was like 50 fucking dollars back then. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how is this that much money? Cause like, I remember being able to buy those at like, mostly EV games, I think a few Game Stops like in the the mall, but, uh, I think got shut down where I grew up. Uh, like that place would sell like the kits for like something like fifteen dollars or so for like the. Uh, they basically call them high grade. I could think of like high grade is like kind of like, I'd say like the lowest or like the second to lowest uh in terms of like the kit um uh, quality because it's like <laughs> basically like how complex it can be and also like the more complex ones usually end up being taller as yeah. well since they need to be able to actually like get in there and put things together. It's like the difference of like, uh, like some of them that I built, where it's like, oh, like, okay, if this one has like a wing, this would be multiple pieces compared to the Epion's wings, literally being like two parts of the slap together. <laughs> or no, it was, it was three. It was like the two holder parts on the side, and then like the wing itself. Like, that, was, that in a like, uh, master grade or perfect grade or real grade would be way more complex. <laughs> and I don't remember the order. I did at one point, and I super don't remember. I think. Oh god, I think it's like master grade and then. Real grade than perfect grade. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> but the higher, the highest up ones are like something like two hundred fucking dollars <laughs> They are,
0: yeah. That sounds like it.
1: Yeah, that the like the uh, the real grade I have of RX seventy eight from the original Gundam series, as well as a uh, full armor Thunderbolt version from Gundam Thunderbolt. Was or, those were both also on their own like. <laughs> And I didn't finish Thunderbolt at all yet, <laughs> or the full armor one. I still don't know what that fucking thing is actually properly called, because it's like, I think it's like a specific variant of a mobile suit from Gundam Thunderbolt, because I know that's the actual show itself, one of them. But it just says like, full armor Thunderbolt version, and it's like, okay, I guess this is full armor Gundam, but then no, it turns out that's not a Gundam? I don't know. <laughs> Gundams are weird and dumb, and there's always gonna be, like, anytime you get one of the kits, it's always like, okay, well, now the robot got its mid-show upgrade, and it's like, well, fuck me, I guess I gotta get the aerial rebuild kit now, too, that makes him look more blue and has wings and stuff. (laughs) Or jets, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot I need to get from, uh, Gundam Mission Mercury.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, that's the thing, right? Like, don't get me wrong, Warhammer is expensive, but Once you've got your army, you've got your army. And generally, you're not going to get a ton of extra models. Like, if you're playing a Space Marine army, then yeah, okay, you get models every month or so. But everybody else, you're lucky if you get some every five years. So, like, heavy (laughs) investment up front, but you can sit on it for a while. Sounds like Gundam kind of has the opposite problem.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean,
1: it's mostly like, you know, you build it just for the sake of it being a cool model that you have later on. It's it's not like it's like of one and well I guess you could take it apart if you can
2: figure it out but it's like to it's build again but like they at least travel decently well as long as they keep the box mm-hmm. and keep it at least you know reasonably contained
1: also I I looked it up and there's there's like eight different full armor Gundams and they all have different little specifics to them but I don't know if it's one is the one I have. <laughs>
2: uh... uh
1: Okay, it's right, it's Full Armor Gundam Thunderbolt version. That is the full name of it. Okay. Wow. There we go.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, cause it's like the, more like a like, darker blue with the most of the body with some white accents. And it has like, four shields and just giant guns hanging off of it. <laughs> it's ridiculous, that's why I wanted it. <laughs> I have the, I have the actual like, mobile suit itself built, I just don't have like, all of its fucking armaments built. So it's, like, halfway there. <laughs> that took me, like, ten hours on the own,
2: just for, like, the body itself. <laughs> Not in one setting, obviously. That would drive me insane. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I just mean, like...
0: There are obviously... You say building is so much a part of it, and that's absolutely true for Warhammer as well. There's definitely people who just... Buy the models to build them and don't actually play the game, and then there's yeah. the whole painting thing, which I don't think Gundam does most of the time, but it's
1: uh it it depends on the kit quality because like even like the more like uh the higher grade ones like it, they had come with a bunch of decals and they also come with like little bits of like if you want to still like look really much closer to the mobile suit in the show like here's like a paint chart that you can do they like I have the like little accents and stuff that the plastic can't really replicate. Okay. Especially especially like the lower grade ones where they're just like more like, okay, this is kind of just a solid color. We really can't do a whole lot with this pretty basic kit. (laughs) So yeah, they, they always come with that as like, if you want this to look like full authentic, here you go. There was a lot of stickers that I didn't bother to try to actually put on uh, RxMD because they were like, these are really small, and I can't actually really hold them very well, so I I mostly just did the larger ones and the, the smaller ones because I was like, this is, not just going to lose even and fuck them up. I know the feeling. I don't, I, yeah, I don't really have like a pair of like exacto tweezers or whatever to be able to put them on nicely.
0: <laughs> the, uh, the dwarf army I have. Each individual troop model has a grenade that they're supposed to have, like, Glued to their mm-hmm. belt. These grenades are maybe a sixteenth of an inch wide at the most, so I just skipped that step. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> yep,
2: yeah, nope, no thanks. Yeah, that's, that's super fucking yeah, small. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's just
1: a fun thing. Like again, like I, I I've never really done any, like, model kit building besides the Gundams. And to be fair, a lot of that's because as a teenager, I was introduced to Gundam Wing. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, they make they make bot models of these? That is, like, a toy that you can have later on? Hell yeah. And then a lot of them ended up getting broken because I was an idiot teenager. <laughs> 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 uh, to be fair, one of them I didn't break, necessarily. I I built, uh, do you remember? You probably don't know, but, like, uh, Gundam Wing had, like, a anime, like, movie. Said so that's the show called Endless Waltz. Where it's basically, like, that's where they had, like, all the, like, oh, these are, like, the experimental versions of the f- five main Gundams where it's, like, they're too powerful, that's why we held back on them because they can literally, like, destroy planets, basically, with how powerful they are. A.K.A. we just wanted to have a third version of all of them. <laughs> uh, well, uh, second in the case of uh Sandrock. Of course, Sandrock never got a version, too, because Sandrock sucks. <laughs> oh, I know, heavy, heavy Arms didn't either. Yeah, Heavy Arms and Sandrock were the only two that didn't have a... uh like, mid- main show upgrade, because there was Wing to Wing Zero, then Death Sight, Death Sight Hell, and then, uh... Oh god, I always forget it, because in the show, at least the localization, they always just call, like, the Dragon Arm one with, like, the laser, uh, Naginata. They always just call it Nataku. but I'm pretty sure it's Shenlong, and then the upgrade is Ultra, and then the final one, and then the Squallus is actually properly Nataku. but the guy just always calls it Netaku <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh... That's the one that I had built, uh, full proper, uh, Ultra, uh, no, no, fucking the other one I just said.
2: <laughs>
1: the Endless Vault version that has, like, the really fucking long dragon arms, and then my sister came and picked it up. She's like, oh, this is cool, yeah. And, and she immediately broke one of the arms. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? Yeah, like, it, it was basically like, it, she basically broke it in the part where I could basically just make it, like, retract it a little bit, so, like, the one arm was still there, but just way shorter and stubbier. So I kinda it of more like, oh, you're stretching out the other one while the other one's like, not out or whatever. And I was like, oh, fucking damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it was <like> a melee. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't remember what we did with all those kits, because like, I actually don't have any of them left over from back then. But like, most of the ones that I got given to me back in like 2016 or 2017 were Gundam Wing ones. Cause that's where I got, uh, uh, Ultron, Death Side like Epion, and also like, uh, I think it's a serpent? It's like a like uh shitty like enemy mobile suit that's in Endless Walt as well. Like they basically bought like a bunch of Endless Walls kits, I guess. <laughs> and then I from there I got uh Curios, which is from um god, uh Gundam Double X, I think. <laughs> it's it's the one with uh oh god, what the fuck is the name? Uh it's one of those like stupid edgy, like early two thousands anime protagonist boys who are like Oh, I hate it. I'm not gonna actually make connections, bleh, kinda of deal. <laughs> like, that's basically what they started, coming with Hero Yui, the guy from, the main guy from Gundam Wing. Uh, I don't remember his name. He he's, he has, like, the fucking, uh, Exia Gundam, I think was the main one in that. Yeah, I mean, like, Curious is from the same one, and then, like, later on got the RX-78. Because that was like, that just, it just, because like in the original Gundam, it didn't have like a specific name because it was just the Gundam. Because <laughs> there was one Gundam in that because that was the original Gundam, so it, that's why it's just called RX 78, which was its like military designation number or whatever. And then after that is when I got, uh, Armor, Thunderbolt, and then the earlier this year is when I got Ariel. Because Ari- Ariel took ages to arrive because they were super sold out of Ariel for a long time. <laughs> The, fun- the funniest thing I still like from that is, like, because there's a branded chip in Japan called Ariel. <laughs> and, like, they basically uh, realized that uh, people started, like, looking for Ariel and asking for Ariel. And they were like, oh, the chips are this way. And people were like, no, I was looking for the kit. And the kit was all sold out. So, like, one store in particular started putting the chips in the spot where the the kits would be when they were sold out. <laughs> As, like, a bit of a goof. But it caught on enough that eventually the chip brand actually reached out to Namco Bandai, because they make the kits. And they, like, did a branding thing where they had Gun and Witcher and Mercury stuff advertised on the chips themselves. <laughs> it, it was pretty funny that they were like, Yeah, let's move into this fucking goof this one store did. Kind of the old, like, Yeah, here you go, you got Ariel. They're chips. You want in the kit? Oh, well, too bad. A you. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out you just got to make the robot be gay, and uh, everybody starts liking it and wants to build that robot. Then,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> go figure. I mean, to be fair, also like that was also the first time that Gundam series had a female main protagonist, rather than just a two as well. It wasn't just big; it was that, and also the fact that it was gay. It wasn't just one or the other.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I. Listen, I'm not an anime person, and I have never followed Gundam, but I don't believe I ever heard about Gundam the way I did once this new series started.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, because, again, it was so different in that regard. Like, it's it's even still a case where it's, like, stuff happens where it's, like, in Gundam, like, the big thing is that, like, a bunch of side characters will die, because they're, they're the, the support characters, not the main character sort of deal. <laughs> and then, like... Uh, a couple of, like, little minor characters died off, but most people did not die in this show. And people were like, huh, okay, I guess they're doing something incredibly different with Gundam here <laughs> this one. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's mostly said in, like, a silly, like, learn-how-to-pilot-and-repair-robot-school yeah. <gasps> as well. <laughs> Which is, like, not what Gundam usually is. It's usually, like, there's a big war going on. We have to help do war. <laughs> oh, no, war is bad. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's usually how it goes, and it's, like, it's a big thing when, like, the main character has to kill one person, <laughs> but she doesn't kill anybody else in the rest of the show. <laughs> but it's, like, yeah, it was a big fucking deal where it's, like, oh, crap,
2: I guess they are going to have her kill people, and then, no, only one. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> yeah. It's it's, uh, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, I'll be
1: honest, because, like, that show, it seemed like they kind of had to rush to a conclusion, like, there were some ideas they didn't get to fully, like, cover and articulate in a sense. I don't know. It is weird. Like, I don't think they, like, got the show rushed or anything, because, like, they only did, like, basically, if you count like the episode zero prologue episode, there's, like, 25 total. So, like, they did two seasons of 12. So, it's like, it's not, like, short or anything, but there's definitely some stuff that is, like, you probably could have spent a little bit more time on this, but seemingly it's just over. Yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: Well, you know how it goes when we're dealing with gay shows, so...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that happens a lot, huh?
0: It surely does. Uh, yeah, um... <laughs> Speaking of shows that ended suddenly, uh would you like to talk about... <laughs> uh, that's,
2: that's like,
1: the most accurate, but also saddest transition you've ever had in terms of this...
2: <laughs> Listen, I'm trying. <laughs> Um, for, unlike HBO, A. <laughs> yeah, we should probably get Yeah, it absolutely. <laughs> uh... we talked enough about building little kits of stuff. I
0: like building little
2: kits of stuff. <laughs> they are fun. They are fun little guys. Never mind the
0: fact that I currently have, like, four injuries because I keep stabbing myself. It's fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like,
1: at least it seems like, uh, based on your it. Like, since you haven't really mentioned them, it seems like they're at least probably not as severe as when I uh, had my little mishap with a knife while doing dishes a few weeks ago.
0: Uh, kind of seems like,
2: yeah.
1: But that, that now that I think about it, that was a month ago. That's fine. It's recovered. <laughs> There's no scar or anything. It's just that, uh, yeah, that was enough a fun little bit of, like, having to wear, uh, that, like, band aid and, uh, wrapping for a whole week straight. Yeah.
2: To make sure it's stayed a little bit uncovered. <laughs> uh.
0: mm-hmm. Alright, so, Infinity Train. My episode this week. book four, episode 3, The Old West Car. After a very brief establishing shot, we find ourselves exactly where we left off at the end of the last episode, in the Old West Car, where a praying mantis, a grasshopper, and a caterpillar, except they're giant and also cowboys, are threatening the party. Uh... They recognize our friend Kez as cactus Kez, and they are very unhappy she's back and I cannot say the word cactus because, despite being from Texas, it just doesn't fit in my mouth
1: yeah i think I think it's just one of those words where it's like the c t one word after another is just weird because like every time I've said that word, I just say like cactus mm. like I barely like I don't even necessarily pronounce you because so I can t- see you really. <laughs> uh. I mean, it's like one of those things of like how it's like, you know, technically it's water, but everybody just says water.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. At any rate, uh, Kez just kind of blows it off that they're unhappy with her, and Mingi kinda gets annoyed about this, but the bugs kind of interpret this as our boys being her new goons, which Mingi, of course, denies, but is completely ignored. Um Kez just kind of says she's gonna dazzle them and then flies up to these bugs and shoots sparkles everywhere. I don't I guess this is a thing she can do. She always has a sparkle trail, but it's bigger than normal.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it, it's like basically she's casting a bit of an AoE. She's casting fairy fire, really, is what she's doing. Except it's like stunning them as opposed to just uh making them glow.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But they don't like the sparkles, I guess, so our squad takes the chance to run, and they f- find themselves diving under a Conestoga wagon in a stereotypical cowboy town, except that everyone is bugs. I,
1: I kind of wonder if maybe the reason why the sparkles affect them so much is because bugs have compound eyes. so like, maybe it's like sensory overloading to them a little bit, that, that makes sparkles up close? I
0: suppose that makes sense. I think. I don't... We, I
1: mean, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, the actual, probably, reasoning is that it's, you know, Kez is a denizen, and therefore whatever denizens do usually is something that's nonsensical, so don't think about it too hard. That's her superpower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like that bit of, like, are the tubas on tuba actually just, like, tubas themselves, or are they organic parts of tuba? Don't worry about it. Like, was it just a tuba backpack? Oh. Or are they just part
0: of her body? Don't worry about it. We have bigger questions this well. episode.
1: I, I mean, I guess, technically, we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I, could, well, I mean, at this point, maybe Trump is still alive in this time frame.
2: Yeah, hmm uh,
1: At this point, maybe Trump uh, is still Tuba. alive. Well, I mean, her kid, like, from that doodle, seemed like uh they would have been, like, pretty young, I think. So maybe their kid wouldn't be born yet, because this was, like, still, like, some, like, 20 years before roughly.
2: With <laughs> uh. that an Easter killer guy I've also got. Well, yeah.
0: But, uh, regardless, it's 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 just an old west town. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it really is. There's, like, nothing really, like, different or, like, weird about it besides the fact that people are bugs.
0: Yeah, I feel like in my descriptions, I'm kind of light on this one, but it's hard like it's not because there's nothing to describe, it's because you already know what it looks like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Imagine, like, any fucking Old West town, and, like, the gunslingers just happen to be giant mantis people. Mm-hmm. Or ants. That's what, that's exactly what it is. It's not like we need to, like, be like, there's the ants guy who's also a blacksmith. It's there. Like, they're just those people.
0: Well, you see, it's a funny joke, though, because ants can lift ten times their body weight, so he's really good at smithing metal, even though it's heavy.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I got down to that, too, yeah, it's just funny, but it's like, yeah, it's not a character. He technically has voices, he has some voice lines. So I had that written down for ah. later, but yeah. Uh.
2: <laughs> he,
1: doesn't, he doesn't have a name, though, he's just an
2: ant, blacksmith. Well, yep.
0: yeah, um, so they, they're, like, hiding under this wagon, and it seems like it's okay at first, but then the sheriff and his boys show up, everyone is boys in this episode, except for Kez, um... <laughs>
2: It's, it will. it's the well, judge we'll later, get there. because... There's a conversation
0: mm-hmm. to be had, I assure you. Um, also... Oh, maybe it's mm-hmm. the judge trans.
1: <laughs> it's the dead trans.
0: Again, we'll get there. But uh, the other thing is, is that all the guns in this town are like old-timey bug spray guns, like you would see on Tom and Jerry. I don't know if that's a real thing that people ever used, but I guess this is visual language from cartoons, so... <laughs>
1: I think so. I'm gonna look this up. I think I, I think I feel like these were like actual things and not just from commentary cartoons. Oh, uh, I mean, some of them I'm seeing look like it. Like it looks like it's like the bicycle pump sort of look with like the canister at the front. Okay. Yeah, they're like from oh, uh, flip gun. I think is what it's called. Uh, is a hand pumping insecticide sprayer used to dispense flit, a brand name insecticide widely used against flies and mosquitoes between nineteen twenty eight and the mid nineteen fifties.
0: Well, okay. There you go. I guess that yeah. is before aerosolization became popular.
1: Yeah, once commonly found in households. Uh, yeah, they've been replaced by aerosol spray cans and falling out of common use because they're massive. <laughs> <laughs> And also, I would imagine anything from the 1920s to 1950s probably filled with all sorts of things that gave cancer.
0: Well, naturally.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, so since the sheriff and the posse show up, the boys kind of duck into a nearby tea saloon because we're not allowed to have alcohol, so tea is the drink of choice in this car. Um, wild bit alcohol is the line considering everything in this show, but sure. Uh, <laughs> I do want to say, like, the outfits in this episode are fantastic. Even just the background bugs are so carefully designed. They feel a lot more authentic than a lot of cowboy movies do, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there, i got nothing else really to say about the setting here. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, it, it's again, it's an old-timey saloon with cowboy yeah. people. <laughs> you know what it looks like. There just have to be bugs. Exactly.
0: But uh, Samantha the cat is here, and she is wiping down the bar with a rag and dressed up all fancy like a dancer at an old-timey saloon. Um, <laughs> Who knows what she's doing
2: here?
1: <laughs> I mean, Samantha just does whatever job she wants on the train, and nobody seems to ever like, give her like orders or anything. I'm like, yeah, go do this or whatever. She just does what she this wants. This is true.
2: <laughs> uh, but...
1: I also like how her dress clearly has like the like here's the cutoff for where boobs would go and while well, she's a cat. Yeah, mm-hmm. She doesn't have boobs. <laughs> she's not a cat girl, she's a cat.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um
1: And it's like at a certain point you have to be like, Oh, she she chose this or she asked for somebody to make one of these that was cat sized that still has room for tits.
0: Well sure, she couldn't do it herself, no thumbs.
1: Uh, true. Even though I feel like she's used stuff and held stuff in her paws before, even though she doesn't have thumbs. (laughs) Uh.
2: Yeah, so uh, they
0: decided to ask her for help on account of she is the only other mammal here. (laughs) And Kez does put in an order for three cups of tea before flying up and discovering three cups that she ordered last week. Uh, apparently she left without paying, and Samantha just left them on a shelf to rot for a week. Which seems like a health code violation, but so does having a cat behind the bar, and actually so does having a place full of bugs, so I guess we're just ignoring the health code.
1: Um. I mean, we we don't know if these bug people also have, like, the same level of, like, grossness the average bug does, to be fair.
0: I mean, I think that's assuming a lot about the grossness level of the average bug.
1: I mean, flies basically, like, shed a bunch of, like, a little bit of, like, their previous meal wherever they land, and that's gross.
0: Yeah, and so do rabbits.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's because rabbits are just shitting everywhere. I mean, yes, but
3: what's that?
1: (laughs) The difference is that it's not just on them entirely, over their entire body. That's just them literally taking a shit as they run to, like, make themselves, like, not be weighed down in case a predator shows (laughs) up. By occasionally
2: it, shit when they
0: run. The <laughs> uh, lions are also incredibly messy. Have you ever seen a lion stick st- You know what? I'm not gonna finish that since we'd have to <laughs> we would have to put a content warning on this episode. So let me just say, um uh, mains uh, not conducive to sticking your head inside things. Uh,
1: yeah, no. Um, yeah. Tur- turns out you don't want a bunch of hair all over something that you're having to shove a part of your body into a lot uh, other parts. Yeah.
0: Uh Move and ride along, uh <laughs> <laughs> uh the, Samantha basically says that she's not super interested in helping them because what does she get out of it, but uh, they really don't have anything to pay her with, and as a result of this, uh Ryan decides to seduce her instead, which um
1: don't don't flirt with the cat,
0: yeah, I don't know, it's <laughs> like. If you'd been on the train for a while, I would get it. Kate Mulgrew has a great voice. Clearly everyone here is sentient and can consent, but also she's still a cat, dude.
1: Yeah, like, again, she is sentient, she is a person, but she's still a cat. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty sure that still quantifies as Mm bestiality. I'm fairly sure, yes. And I believe... Listen,
0: I'm not an expert, but I feel like just by the nuances of the word, it doesn't actually matter what it is, as long as it's not human and is
2: alive, right? Like,
0: Garrus is technically bestiality, I think. You know what I'm saying here?
1: I think it's the difference of, like, whether they're still, like, a humanoid or not. Is
0: that the line? I don't know. There's there's some semantics I, here. <laughs> I, not,
1: look, I don't want to have to Google what constitutes BPL, because I don't want to do that.
2: <laughs> you can't make me.
0: <laughs> well, if you insist, we'll just skip ahead. But uh, either way, uh, she is not into Ryan, thankfully, and when Mindy throws his hands up in exasperation, she realizes that they have the same number. Uh, she asks when they synced up, which kind of makes it sound like a period. But they explain that they've just had the same number all along, and she decides that this is rare and interesting enough to help them. So she hits a button, which opens a secret compartment under the bar. This is the most high-tech thing in the entire car. And <laughs> um, they just hop in under there, right as the sheriff's crew show up. Um Samantha welcomes him, and he kind of asks about the small silver outlaw and her passengers... But uh, she tells him that she hasn't seen anyone like that around. He takes off, and, like, right as he's leaving, he mentions that Judge Morpho has set a bounty out on Kez, which gets Samantha's attention. And then we immediately cut to our trio in a jail cell, and Kez is in, like, a smaller cage that's off to the side. Um,
1: I, I, like, I like how my notes here was, Hey, Samantha doesn't help cops. <laughs> and then literally the next line... ah, oh, never mind. <laughs> I wrote, I typed that as he was like, yeah, I know, I haven't seen him around. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah Sam says a capital. I'm like, oh, Sam does not say a capital.
2: <laughs> no, <In the> <laughs> no,
0: Sam is a servant of that which we are all of it can do, uh, capital.
2: <laughs> Yay! Fuck. <Yep>.
0: Leave <laughs> it on the train, um...
1: Thing? Yeah, again, a train that has no visible money ever.
0: <laughs>
1: In any of the cards we have seen, there's never been a person use actual currency of any sort.
0: Well, yes. Um,
1: I mean, Unless you count the donut holder as currency, but, like, I mean, Randall didn't pay and didn't get the donut holder, and never did Tulip, really.
0: Tulip paid for the donut holder. She just stole she, her she payment paid, back like,
1: later. She, is pa- all. She, she paid for the donut holder by getting. Another service given to her. She, she, she accepted Randall's help to be able to uh, like get her to the front of the train in exchange for the donut holder. <laughs> uh. It wasn't like a thing she got from the cat. No, because like yeah, because like the cat like offered services. They're like, oh yeah, like give me one one and I'll help you get off the train. It was otherwise of her being like the Randall's trying to sell the donut holder to her. And she's like, okay, fine, I'll take it if you help me get it to the front of the train. I'm like, can do. <laughs> So she got two services. She got the donut holder, and she got to get to the front of the train to save one one. Randall got nothing. <laughs> Besides only the donut holder, I guess.
2: I
0: mean, she paid for it. She did what she said. Uh, <laughs>
2: uh,
1: Again, yeah. I mean, Randall still has a donut holder from what we saw back in Book 2, to my recollection, so... Well, Tulip... I guess Randall got the donut holder back.
2: Yeah, but Tulip also
0: has a donut holder because she used it to fight uh, Amelia.
1: Right, but but she probably... Unless he took it with her off the train.
0: Are you kidding? But she it's also a giant robot with that donut holder. Why wouldn't she keep that forever?
1: Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely going up in the wall. If her, even if her parents don't like, believe <laughs> her story about the train, they're, she, they're definitely like, yeah, we just let her keep that on the wall. Mm-hmm. She just wanted that. Right. But it's also, I mean, to be fair, the donut holder is just a lead pipe. There's tons of lead pipes on the train somewhere else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um... So, in jail, uh, Mingi is mostly, like, I I don't want to say mad, but kind of angry and kind of exasperated. It's halfway between them, because uh, Ryan tried to seduce the cat.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do do like that at least he calls it out, being like, why'd you try to seduce the cat? (laughs) It's like, that's the first thing out of his mouth. It's not anything else of, like, being like, God, I can't believe we're in jail. It's like, why'd you try to fuck the cat?
0: Yeah, um, so Ryan just kind of flows this off, saying that at least he had an idea, and he did get him a hiding place, though admittedly one that got them betrayed 45 seconds later. Um, it's, you know, they're in jail, they can't do nothing about it. But Kez decides that she is bored of this, so she just kind of takes off, and she's strong enough while flying, I guess, that she can lift the small cage up with her. And uh, she takes it to the ceiling and then just drops, which smashes it open, and then she's free to go. So she just soars through the bars of the cell. The guard here, who I have called the Grasshopper, because he's a grasshopper who's a police officer, is um <laughs> just kind of napping. So she can just, like, get all the stuff she left here last time out of the confiscated goods bucket, and she does. By which I mean, she eats it, which is a very weird physiological question. She seems to be just a bell. Where does it go? Um.
1: <laughs> yeah, she she had questions about how to like actually chew gum in the the previous episode too. And meanwhile, she didn't know how she could do that, but she can apparently eat this stuff.
0: <laughs> which worth noting, it is just dollar bills and also a photograph of her with an old man named <laughs> Morgan's. <laughs> I don't know if that's important yeah, it, but it, it seems like it gets pointed out so
1: Well well she, she said that Morgan is her roommate. Ah yes, of course. Uh based on yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot on, that uh, episode. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I mean it was like only mentioned like briefly at the very end of the
2: previous episode, so there was like, Alright, yes, of course. Um
1: yeah. I I do also like that this book is just called like prisoner belongings. <laughs> like it's just like it leaves out the O in prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like it's like there's all like a little like uh apostrophe or whatever, it's just prisoner. (laughs) (laughs) Also it's not even locked up, it's just a bucket. It is just a bucket. (laughs) Maybe get taking that those dollars. I I guess actually I guess that proves me wrong. We've seen currency on the train now. (laughs)
0: Well yeah, actually that's a good point. Yep.
1: Just just regular ass dollar bills though. Uh, oh, there we go. I'm a, I'm a, I've proven proven—I've been proven a liar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Dollar, dollar bills. All right. <laughs> um, Kez, at this point, just kind of leaves. She's floating across the room and being all mumbly and noncommittal and asks the boys to keep an eye out and says she'll have their back and bumps right into the keys to the cell, and then she just kind of takes off out the window. Um... The boys despair for a moment, but as Ryan is, like, looking down, he sees the remains of the shattered cage, and when Mingi asks what they should do, uh, Ryan decides that they can use it, so we get a slight cut to him having torn the bars of this smaller cage apart, and he's turned them into, like, a a makeshift grabby arm, which is reaching all the way across the room, and he's trying to snag the keys with it, um...
1: Also, just to correct myself here, I freeze framed. Uh, These don't look like regular dollar bills because they don't look anything like dollar bills that that we have. Uh, They basically just have a big dollar sign in the middle. They have like a one off the side. It looks like it might say dollars off on the left side. It doesn't. It's like basically like cartoony version of like what a dollar bill would look like in real life, but it's not really much of anywhere close besides the fact that it's rectangular and green. So maybe this is train money. I don't know. I don't think we can really say this is... I mean, it's definitely currency of some sort, but I don't think it's, like, real-world money. Because where where kids get real-world money from.
0: Yeah, that's fair. It could go either way, really.
1: Yeah. Maybe maybe she found somebody's actual corpse and just robbed them of money.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, so... While well, he's
0: fiddling with the grabby arm, Ryan asks if Mingy thinks their parents know where they are. And the answer is absolutely, definitely no. Obviously, their parents do not know they're on the death train, or in jail in an Old West bug town on the death train. Like, no way. (laughs) But at the very least, I guess, at least their parents will wonder where the boys are. Or, uh, Mengi's parents will, anyway. Uh, oof.
1: (laughs) Right, right, and you should probably talk to your parents on occasion, my guy. (laughs) Because, like, it really... I mean, it's not said, but it really does read like he hasn't talked to his parents in, like, a while at this point.
0: Well, I mean, obviously we're still pretty early, but I get the sense that, like, I feel like Ryan's relationship with his parents is a very strained one. Maybe just because he has so many Mm. siblings, I don't think they have the same kind of time and relationship that
1: Right, because Mindy is uh, the only child of the Akagis. Exactly.
0: Ryan. Like, basically the only thing we know about the Akagis as parents is that they're a lot looser in terms of what they let their kids do, and also mm-hmm. they gave Ryan the van. And that's it. That's all yeah. we know. They were totally okay with him mm-hmm. crossing the border and doing a tour in the States, and they gave him a van to do it with. Doesn't mm-hmm. seem like and an then... especially communicative-slash-protective family, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and then seemingly have not actually been alerted of the fact that he no longer has said man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: but yes, so that's it's not much, but it still hits hard to me. So Ryan snags the keys okay. as the grasshopper enters and reclaims his hat from what it turns out is like a dust f- facsimile of himself. I think this might be a shed skin, I I don't...
1: Yeah, I think it's its molt. Like, he basically molted there and then walked off, and then, like, I guess it's, like, been there long enough that he can just blow it away, because, like, I don't think that's how molting usually would work if it just turns it fast.
0: No, especially not because it's got his clothes on it. Like, it's wearing his boots and his vest (laughs) and all. But I guess that is also a question that gets raised later in the episode, so we'll get there,
2: too. (laughs) Um...
1: I mean, it's like it's like a question of like uh, how these clothing can be part of her skin, but also she definitely grabbed the real actual shirt in the episode you that introduced. Yeah. But I guess technically, second episode she's introduced because she was introduced in uh, season two episode right. four.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um. So the uh, the living grasshopper obviously catches the boys red-handed since they got the keys and are like standing on the shattered remains of Cass's cage. And though they claim to not be associated with her and make their excuses, they are taken before the judge, because that's what happens when you try to jailbreak. There's a whole crowd of bugs at this outdoor courthouse at sunset. That I had to describe because that's not stereotypical cowboy town, but that's the only thing in this whole <laughs> episode. Um And they're here to watch the boys get railroaded. Um and ye kind of optimistically thinks that because they're going before a judge, that it'll be fair, right? Judges have to be fair, which, ah.
1: Oh, but, yeah, my guy, you don't know that there's a lot of judges who are actually just shitty people with uh, agendas, yeah. huh?
0: So the Caterpillar Sheriff just kind of laughs as he slithers past and climbs up behind the podium, where he metamorphoses into a Judge Morpho. Uh, this is what I wanted to talk about earlier. So... The thing is, is that I'm pretty sure the Caterpillar Sheriff isn't actually referred to with pronouns or a name the entire time he's the Caterpillar Sheriff, but I still read I, him as male.
1: think, I th- Yeah, yeah, because like, I'm pretty sure as Judge Morpho, uh, one of them uses she, her pronouns. Yes.
0: For, when, for... when George Morpho becomes a character, she is very much female. So that's the question, like, I don't know if maybe I've been misgendering Caterpillar Sheriff this whole time, or maybe there's a trans thing going on here, I don't know. Either way, they're a cock.
1: Yeah, but there, yeah there was nothing uh in uh Morpho's, like, entry on the Winnie Train wiki or anything about the character as a, you know, as a caterpillar or anything. Yeah,
0: I definitely did. Look for that kind of a lot and I just couldn't find any solid answers, so
1: Yeah, the like the only thing is like it you know, cause it has like the like picture as morpho, picture as caterpillar seraph, and it like it doesn't change like the statistics or anything under there, it just says female and both. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: So I've been using yeah, the him, if that's incorrect, I'm sorry, but I also don't know if we will ever be corrected on this because I don't think we're big enough to get emailed about it. Um <laughs> <laughs> Prove us wrong, Owen
2: Dennis. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let us know.
0: uh, Yeah, uh, this is also where the question of clothes comes up, because Judge Morpho pops out of her cocoon fully clothed with a hat and a vest, and he's curious if Mm -hmm. that's part of her skin. Um.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, well, he he only specifies the hat, necessarily.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Like, not the vest, yeah. Like, is the the hat part of her skin? So, yeah,
0: that's kind of what I was hearkening to earlier with the grass copper, because, like... That molt was definitely wearing boots and a vest and a hat.
1: Yeah. I also like, as soon as uh, this happened, I put in my notes, Ryan, if you flirt with the butterfly judge, I swear to Christ. (laughs) 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 Fortunately, I'm proven wrong, at least in that regard. I guess he doesn't find uh, butterflies attractive compared to cats. Mm
0: -hmm. Which is a little weird. At least the butterfly is the same size as him and slightly more humanoid. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and also like in general, like butterflies look nice in terms of like being bugs. Mm-hmm. I can't. Like obviously, you probably don't. Probably, I mean, to be fair, like any bug blown up to human size is probably gonna look terrifying just because like it has a bug oh, face. Oh well, <laughs> <certain>. <laughs> but,
3: Um.
0: Yeah. So the uh, the trial begins as Judge Morho calls it to order, and immediately a simple country lawyer outlines the charges, which mainly are that the boys are part of Cactus Kez's new gang. Which uh the, the judge herself saw in her larval state, which she agrees, yeah, I'm a I'm a reliable witness, this makes sense. And because the court is fair, this is accepted as evidence. Um They also, you know, broke Kez out of jail, so that's probably way more up on the li that that's like more verifiable. Um Ryan decides at this point he gets a bright idea and sort of jumps in because it's you know, you need a defense lawyer and they don't have one. So he proclaims himself to be a simple family man, and Mingi to be even more so, and that they just sort of rolled into town, but actually it's too late, they're guilty. Um. The thing is. Totally fair. Yeah. Totally fair and balanced. You have to hear both sides. And she did. And they were guilty. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh, yep. Gu- guilty of, uh, technically nothing because Kez got herself out. <laughs> <laughs> They still did technically break out of jail at the least, because they did get the
0: keys. (gasps) Yeah, that is true. They were in the process of breaking out of jail. But, um, uh, it's, it's not great. They're not thrilled about being declared guilty immediately. But the thing is, is that it used to be that the town was beautiful and perfect and fair. But then Kez came along, and she, I guess, rested her tea on the town charter and left a big ring on it. Which Mingi rightly points out that uh, they had nothing to do with, and they can't be blamed for. But the thing is, is that the fair and balanced sentencing part of the charter is now illegible because of the tea stains, so it does not apply anymore. So they're going to be sentenced to execution by bug zapper, which is actually a little confusing to me because she says desert, so I assumed that that was they were going to get dropped off to die of heat stroke, but apparently not. So I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> <sighs>
1: Oh, I, I'm pretty sure she said, like, The Zapper, not Desert. Oh,
0: well, that could be. Maybe I just misheard, but it sure sounded like she said Desert.
1: Yeah, yeah. the fact that, like, uh I don't have uh subtitles on the version I use because I'm not, not going to pay for Netflix, especially now when Netflix is fucking over everybody that basically ever makes anything for them. Uh, so it's like a case of like I kind of have to listen closely at times too to be like what did they say, and sometimes I have to like rewind and listen to it again to see.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe that's also me getting old. I, I I even put on like subtitles on YouTube videos that have them just because I find that easier at times to be able to follow along. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess I'm just an old at this point.
0: <laughs> I would love to have subtitles. They help a lot with my auditory processing issues. But, uh, that's not super available through the methods that I use, and I think I'm going to leave it that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, again, like, the only way I had subtitles for Nemona was because the, uh, totally illegal version of Nemona that you, uh, linked me to had them installed, like, had them on default (laughs) when they, uh, you know, procured the file.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, Normal. The
2: absolutely normal yeah. way to watch a movie, wink, wink, nudge, nudge.
1: But the, the show notes should just be, like, a little, like, guinea pig pirate gif <laughs> 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 I occasionally me posted. I don't even know what that's from. I feel like that's like, a South Park thing. Like, the text looks like it could be,
2: like, a South park thing and also the background of it. Yeah, no idea. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, hey pirates are cool, Mm -hmm.
1: except for like all the, you know, obviously like crying and rape and stuff they do,
2: historically. Uh,
0: (laughs) listen, Uh, I have a lot of words to say about that, and let me just say that at least the sexual assault part of that situation is vastly exaggerated by the people who control the
2: newspapers. Okay, fair. It's weird. It's
0: almost like the British government didn't like it that there were equitable ships out there that operated by democracy. (laughs) Yeah, go figure. can't imagine what's up with that. And the fact that sometimes women got to be captain, and that black people weren't slaves, it's like, oh no. (laughs)
1: Whoa, what's this radical new idea we have here?
0: It's not to say that pirates were universally good people, but like, a lot of what you know is slander. Kind of the same deal that happened to the Vikings.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, the Vikings got it way fucking worse, especially in like uh, a bunch of like pop culture and stuff. Mm hmm. Yeah. I just always think back to like frickin' when they had that goddamn trailer for Skeleton Bones. It still ain't actually for at <laughs> years later. That I was watching Giant Bomb like talk over it and like Dan, I being like, "What did pirates actually do?" And it's like everybody's like, "Dan, come on, even for you, that's a stretch too far." <laughs> so like Dan was like, "I thought they just like would go sail around and did like fun pirate stuff." And it's like, "Yeah, what do you think that fun pirate stuff is?" <laughs> I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> Like, Dan, how do you not know pirates will go around around stealing shit? (laughs) Uh, I mean, he knows now, but he doesn't know at the time. And, like, uh, uh, Dan Riker is a fan who is older than me.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this. I fully endorse stealing from any ships owned by the East India Trading Company.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, fair. (laughs) But that's not also the only people pirates attack. They attack innocent people, too. I mean,
0: generally, whatever ships they could get their hands on, yes. But a thing that gets exaggerated in pirate stories a lot is that a lot of the time there wasn't actually any violence. Like, most of the time flying a flag is enough to get the enemy ship to surrender, because you really, 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 really do not want to be in a ship battle, is the thing. It's very bad for everyone.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> the bad time in general. hmm
0: yeah. It's, it's not sweet and easy like the movies make it look...
1: No, no. Tur- turns out being on a flimsy, like, uh boat made of uh, very explodable materials is a bad time when people are shooting stuff at you that blows the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when you have no land accessible nearby to get to.
0: And the thing is that, like, it doesn't even matter, right? They don't have to kill you if they're particularly evil. All they have to do is disable your sails, and then they can just wait you out. You don't want to be in a yeah. fight.
1: No. Nah. <laughs> Better to pay them off and get them to go away rather than uh, risking even worse. Exactly.
0: But anyway, uh, diverging from my pirate thing, which, <laughs> admittedly, I'm not as much into pirates as I used to be. We've we've talked about my pirate phase before, but I'm just saying there's a lot of there's a lot of misinformation rolling
1: around. I, I like that you specify that uh, as your pirate phase, and meanwhile, it was because you had actual injury to your eye. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I wouldn't call that pirate phase, necessarily. It's not like you were, like, dressing up, like, you know, with a bandana at the time Pirates released, because you were like, ah, Jack Sparrow, yay, or whatever. It's like, no, you had an actual eye injury. I mean,
0: no, I didn't especially care about those movies, but, I mean, there's a reason I know so much about 1621 sailing practices, okay? <laughs> Is it because of Assassin's Creed uh, Black No, White? it's because Pirates are cool, and I liked them. Oh, okay. And then I went and spent a year living in Galveston, which is like the pirate capital of Texas. Fair. <laughs> do you know that once during the big storm, when the uh, Galveston got flooded because of a hurricane, Jean Lafitte uh, sailed his ship over the islands just to say that he could do it? <laughs> because the water buried so much of the island, it was all flooded that he had like an hour window where he could just sail right over. <laughs>
1: Sounds like a very like fun thing of like why'd Fonz jump over the shark? Yeah, because he could. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And then he spent a huge amount of money rebuilding the city from nothing after it got flattened by said hurricane. It, like he built Galveston, so.
2: Hooray!
0: That's that's why it's a crime city to this day. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's fine these days. It's hmm. the mafia. Don't worry about it. Um, I probably shouldn't say that on the yeah. podcast.
2: Um, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs>
0: Um, most of Galveston these days is controlled by the chem- the criminal syndicate known as Landry's Food and Entertainment, so there. Um, <laughs> uh, that's, that's the people who own Bubba Gump Company, if you're not familiar. Um, anyway, uh, skipping back from Pirates to Cowboys, uh, roughly contemporaneous in time at some point, uh, <laughs> They, uh, Ryan and, uh, Mingi get forced up the steps onto the execution platform where a gigantic buzz zapper is, and the judge mentions that they are about to get dazzled by 2,000 volts, which gets Mingi thinking about Kez, because, you know, they didn't really, like, seem to understand her, and she kind of talks weird, and though Ryan just insists that she bailed on them, she did say that she'd have their backs, so... And he turns around and spots her, taking off with the Charter on the uh, judge's platform that everyone has just abandoned to watch them die. He then just fully blows up her spot, shouting that she is there. <laughs> which uh, gets the crowd uh, angry and doing the angry mob thing, heading towards her and away from them. In the sort of the Fray, the execution platform is damaged and falls over, which sends Judge Morpho into a horrible death as she falls directly onto the bug zapper. Uh, no one acknowledges yep. that they just participated in a murder, though. Um.
1: Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Nobody's paying attention. Yep. <laughs>
0: uh, Kez rejoins our boys, congratulating them on doing very well on their half of the plan. Whereupon it is revealed that the bell and the cr- that the crowd is chasing is the, uh, service bell from the saloon. Uh, Samantha arrives now as well because she was in on this. Uh, the bounty was her payment for helping them out, basically, and now Kez also owes her a favor. So it was a great deal from her end. Um <laughs> Also, they should leave now, Uh because if they don't, they'll die, so get out of here.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they they take off, and as they walk into the night, our boys debate whether to keep trusting Kez and keep hanging out with her, given what just happens, but ultimately they decide, especially thanks to Mingi's prodding, that they should, because, like, this was all a misunderstanding, just because they don't really get her no one speaks like she does and it's hard to follow sometimes and answers that no one speaks like she does and as they laugh both of their numbers drop to 180 it's cute because like this is the first moment they've had really since they got on the train and it's them bonding over learning to understand someone else you get it but as (laughs) Uh as they leave the car um kez comments that morgan is really going to love them because they're such charmers but then we cut back to town, where we learn that Morpho has survived somehow, and the grass copper hands her the decoy bell, and right as she swears she's going to find Kes, whatever it takes, the uh, Parker denizens from last episode show up demanding to know where the bell is. The end.
2: Oh you mean the parking guys. Mm-hmm. That's, we, that's mm-hmm. have what we their names are.
0: <laughs> I said denizens because I don't know if they're guys or not.
1: <laughs> fair, yeah, I was just calling them pocket guys just for the simplicity of it, because saying park a denizen like eight times an episode would be too much. I <laughs>
0: understand why that would be a lot during the episode you did last time since they were basically there all the whole time, but I'm I i do not
2: mind yeah. it if you're just
0: mm-hmm. the one, you know.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Yeah, uh um, we uh, bold of a butterfly being uh, weak to electricity, yet still surviving this bug zapper, though. Yeah, I don't
0: know what happened there.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess we technically don't see her fly, so we can't say for sure if she's a flying type. Mm. <laughs> if you think that's the first and only uh, Pokemon reference I have in this episode of the podcast, you'd be mistaken. Yeah, well. <laughs> I got that one for my episode. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but they, they definitely do think they just fully killed her, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, they they look at her, like, body, and you see, like, the hand twitching in the, in the view and everything, and it's, like, them being like, yeah, this
2: this lady's dead. <laughs> <laughs> we inside the riot, and that got her killed. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, at least at
1: least also Samantha does say fuck cops in the yeah. end. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, I like this, honestly, it's...
0: I absolutely agree with cooperating for cops as long as it's because you're trying to steal as much money from them as you can.
2: <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and then plan on fucking them over anyway by freeing the people that they had taken prisoners. Yes, yes,
0: exactly. There's a, I believe there's Did a more, and more okay. comic with a similar theme in the Owl House, with um Ida and Lilith going in on a scam to turn Lilith in for her bounty over and over again, as they just Oh, yes. yeah, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah,
1: that
2: is something they did, yeah. And yeah, absolutely, I <laughs> that... agree
0: on this. Do it, go for it. But maybe, be, just be careful, huh? Cops are...
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. There's also another one where uh, Lusa and Ida are going around robbing banks as well, just because they're, like, owned by the Emperor's Coven as well.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, it's, kind, it's kind of hard to find boring uh, Mark's, uh, like, backlog of... uh <laughs> All the fucking comics they've done over the years. Yeah. Because they've done a lot. Because they do one every fucking day. Some days they were doing multiples in the same thing. Mm hmm. Yep. That's insane. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this person has managed to do, like, replicate the feeling of the show in terms of the humor and the art style. Potentially sometimes multiple times a day. And also, how the fuck he never hired them to actually do anything official at Powerhouse. <laughs> Let's make canon. Let let them let their let it be canon that V and Masha are hanging out in the boiling Isles and they're asking bandits about their pronouns. <laughs> I mean, it
2: is.
0: <laughs> it is canon. I
1: mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because Disney ain't gonna say anything because Disney don't give mm-hmm. a fuck.
0: <laughs> Disney gave up their rights so, yeah. to determine what's canon or not.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Lucy and, Eda, uh, Lucy and Amity later on in life have a, have a kid named AZ And then they have a dull, little silly tongue and dance To tell her why they named her AZ <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So, so, so. Ultimately I yeah, don't that, that, know that. if I love this episode It's very I see what they're going for It makes sense But nice. I also feel like This whole thing with the last minute realization That Kez talks different I don't think that sounds right to me I, I mean, I yeah. get what they're going for, but Kez just talks like a normal person. There's not any kind of weird dialogue yeah, like, or anything going on here.
1: Yeah, like, like Kez, Kez is basically just trying to, like, describe the situation as best as she can. And it's like, just because she doesn't, like, fully articulate what's going on or what her plan is doesn't mean she's talking way differently or anything.
2: Yeah, like,
0: I'm gonna be real, I don't see a way that... Anything she said in this episode could have meant, so what we're going to do is I'm going to set up a decoy bell, and y'all draw attention to that, and we'll get you out of there. Yeah. Samantha seems to understand that, but I don't. And I'm frustrated, by the way, that this played out. If Kez had a more measurably different method of speaking, I would understand this, but as it is, it Mm -hmm. kind of just feels like she's not telling them things and then they assume that oh actually that's just a speech quirk
2: yeah so
0: i don't know i I like it in theory but they could have worked with it a little more
2: yeah like i kind of feel
1: like we always have like an episode sort of like this in all these books because like we kind of had that with like the crystal car in book one with tulip like basically just like yeah, she has a little, like, slight realization of, like, oh, I'm never going to get to go on, like, family car rides anymore, but it's, like, aside from that, the episode's kind of a nothing episode overall, <laughs> and then, like, we had that in, uh, book two, like, um, what's one? oh the did the, uh, the one with the fucking jerk in Alan Dracula, <laughs> <laughs> where it's, like, that didn't advance, like, Blake or Jesse's story at all, that was just, like, a one-off, Thing of like, oh look at this little goop guy. He's inside Alan Dracula, being a dick. Mm-hmm. And then we had that with. Uh, I'm Pretty sure of the ones I can think of in book three, it was like the ballerina car one or the ballroom one.
2: Mm-hmm. Cause
1: it's like again, like we we get the little hints of like Hazel's like true nature with knowing the uh, the like ballroom stuff, and also like we get that slight illusion to uh, Grace knowing ballerina stuff because like that's something we see when we saw her too. But but they're all like kind of more just like this is like the like episode that doesn't fully advance a lot of stuff, and I feel like this is kind of that for book for book four in a sense.
2: Well,
0: I don't know if I strictly agree because it is that sort of. They are gonna take a moment to bonds because they begin to understand someone else and how that person works. So again, the bones of it are very solid. I just feel like the the, Mm -hmm. the the I guess muscle and meats and circulatory system is not great. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: the, the the skeleton is at least pretty solid, but everything else attached to the skeleton is like, hmm, a little sus. <laughs> 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 this just happens to, you know, be most of the things you need for your body-diking work. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, like the, you know, like the nervous system, the circulatory system, all the guts and blood and stuff. <laughs> yeah we haven't figured out how to just let a person live as it's just a skeleton yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. any anyway, rate we should uh, probably uh, move on to that episode. I, I think
0: you're probably right. We have a whole other episode to do.
1: Uh, but yeah, but that will lead us into episode four of The Pig Baby Car, which I kept wanting to whenever I was doing my notes, I wanted to say The Baby Pig Car, not The Pig Baby Car. I don't know why pig baby just sounds so weird to me compared to baby pig. Hmm. I don't know. I guess maybe it's just because like it's not like a piglet I guess necessarily so that's why baby pig is not what they pick. I don't know. It's
2: strange. I
0: don't know. I mean pig baby makes a lot of sense to me. I guess that it wouldn't be um so it doesn't work in the standard way it english right because Uh. the way we stack adjectives is very specific even though that's not a rule of english that we ever actually learn it's just an instinctive thing (laughs) so yes technically under that rule pig baby is incorrect but i also understand why you would do it that way because baby pig implies something very different
1: (laughs) yeah again it implies a pig but then not jk simmons at the pit yes <laughs> because it's jk simmons <laughs> so i was like holy fuck what? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there later but yeah uh but yeah but in any case this episode opens with the crew basically just in a massive desk at the start with uh mingy and ryan wearing notepads over their clothing i, I couldn't really f- figure out a way to basically describe that but it's basically like they're like you know like the like sheet that you have for like a ghost costume for, like halloween when you're really lazy Kind of deal. It's like basically that, but it's just a notepad that just goes over them from the shoulders well,
2: down.
0: I mean, they're they're sandwich boards. It's just their notepads.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's how you describe it. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ryan wants to keep his because he likes it because it has like scribbles and stuff. But Mingy disagrees because his is just an old person's grocery list. <laughs> so they just basically just ditch them as they climb out the large store that they were in and emerge in a kitchen full of a bunch of floating objects around uh kez zooms into a large chef hat saying it'd be cool for her to wear it and for them to call her lorraine uh they ask her why and she's like yeah you know i don't know why but also like you know do you guys hate fun is how she basically puts it kind of deal <laughs> which basically this clues in them that she must also piss off somebody in this car so she needs an alias for this guy Which I like at least they catch on quickly, like, okay, you did something here too, huh? Sure, okay. (laughs) Which makes sense, I mean, she came from this direction, presumably, because they're headed to her home. So it's like, yeah, she must have just gone through all these cars, just fucking shit up the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... But yeah. Uh, But yeah, they basically agree to do this and ask her what she did this time, but Lorraine answers to no man. I like that. I'd like that. That's her answer. her answer. like, I don't answer it out. No, man. Fuck <laughs> you. Uh, but at that, uh, the pig baby emerges, cause just kind of from nowhere, just like like below where they are, just kind of just moves in the frame a little bit, and demands that they brought something tasty for the pig baby, and the pig baby keeps referring themselves in the third person, basically. <laughs> uh, they say they weren't aware and that they're just looking for the door, so the pig baby starts crying. And his caretaker, which I saw I in the wiki that they list her name as just Cow Creamer. I didn't want to say the Cow Creamer, but I think her name is just literally Cow Creamer.
0: I believe that's correct. I understand, like, the makes a lot of sense, right? <laughs> yeah. The seems like the appropriate adjective, because you don't want to normally just call someone cow.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Or, or even just, like, again, like, just the name Cow Creamer doesn't... Again, it sounds so much like you need the "the" in yeah. there. I mean, just like the pig baby. We're not just calling pig baby pig baby. It's always the pig baby. I mean,
0: baby pig these. baby is pig baby's name. Pig baby doesn't need a "the." Pig baby barely uh, true, has a true, thuh in yeah, "the" in episode.
1: Ca- right? Cal Creamer does actually refer to pig baby as pig baby at times, besides just also as the pig baby.
0: I would say that pig ba- uh, uh, Cal Creamer refers to pig baby as pig baby a majority of the time. <laughs>
1: Pig Baby and Cow Creamer are starting to not sound like words to me anymore. Well, they're not words, they're names. Too much. I mean, uh, true, but also they're starting to not sound like names or words just on their own. <laughs> uh, it's, you think about that a lot of times, this is English. At least I find I do that a lot where it's like, how's this, this word doesn't sound like it makes any sense at this point because you just saying too much. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, Uh his cow, ta- his, his caretaker, his caretaker cow creamer says that they've upset him and tries to comfort him while the guys are a little bit just immediately fed up with the situation just because they're like, oh, it's a big weird big baby <laughs> crying. Uh, yeah, cow creamer, who I'm just gonna refer to as CC for the rest of my notes because it was just easier, says that they have to make it up to him by making him a treat but Mingy tries to argue that they have to be on their way, to which Lorraine agrees. <laughs> uh, Cece asks who Lorraine is, to which Lorraine says she's just a chef at, and while Cece doesn't catch on to this, she rejects her attempt to just leave without making runs.
2: <laughs>
1: Lorraine at this point says that they should just make something for the baby to maintain her cover, so Cece points them to the cookbook, which is all the way up in the sky, just like a like, floating uh, bookcase basically. <laughs> And Lorraine tells him to just jump up to it, and Ryan just kind of realizes slash intuits that gravity is low here for everyone, including himself, so he just leaps up and gets to it easily. <laughs> uh Mingi, of course, is concerned about uh, Ryan's hastiness it's just leaping over at something because his nature is careful to Ryan's hasty. <laughs> there you go, there's a Pokemon reference. <laughs> uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh Ryan dismisses this and goes Mingy into jumping as well, and he does so because he's not gonna be left behind. Uh they open the book to a page on I, I get down in the freeze frame to write this stuff down because like there's some stuff they just skip over, but it's the Brazil strawberry chiffon pie and the, how do I keep getting episodes with words I don't know how to properly pronounce? I <laughs> 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 uh, that's what I thought, yeah, because it's like it's French? But like it I mean it says Brazil strawberry, but it's like I think that's just the kind of strawberry itself. I, listen I, I, it's I, I, a
2: bad book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is a bad book. They intentionally say it's a bad book multiple times in this episode. Uh I'm trying to see. Uh Oh apparently chiffon is a fabric. Yeah, it's, it's French. Well,
2: yeah, but it's also like a, a way of
1: like making Yeah, it's, it's like the kind that's like the pie crust, I think. Kind of deal in terms of pies? Uh, if
0: it's. What I'm thinking of is like uh, a, 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 a. Geez, come on. Where it's a frosting layer sort of thing. It's mm-hmm. sort of very light, kind of wavy. Oh. Uh,
1: I did the research. A uh, chiffon pie is a type of pie that consists of a special type of airy filling in the crust.
2: Huh. Well, okay. I don't know what I'm thinking of then.
0: That's what,
1: that's what specifies it apparently. But yes. Yeah.
2: I just noticed that
1: word. it's like, when I saw that word, I was like, I, it's like I had that with the fucking cat uh, house one from the previous book as well. It's like, I do not keep getting this up. Yeah, she
0: wasn't French at all yeah. in my episode.
1: No! <laughs> Samantha's never presented as anything close to French, from my understanding. <laughs> but yeah. In any case, uh, they pass by that at the moment to look at multiple other recipes in the book, which makes Mingy realize it's a gross American cookbook, because he basically says that everything in there is, like, gross post-war food. <laughs> but he does say that there should at least be, like, a simple brownie recipe in there somewhere. But Ryan wants to wow the pig baby with the aforementioned pie instead, because he doesn't want to just play things safe. Uh But Mingy says it looks complicated, and... these guys just never really agree on anything between each other, huh? (laughs) Anytime they come to some sort of agreement, it's basically one of them's annoyed or upset at the minimum.
2: Yeah, they they, they have a lot of work to do. They
1: do, yeah. There's six episodes left, and they have a shit ton of work to get there (laughs) for them. Uh. Yeah, but at any rate, uh, they start cooking the pie with Ryan clearly having no real cooking ability since he was tossing the full leg into the bowl and just fully rips a chunk of butter off of his bare hands rather than using a knife like a civilized person.
0: I mean, the dude has been living in a van for a year. I'm not shocked he can't.
1: He had, yeah. I, I guess do we get the full context of if it has been a year because after they graduated high school before. Now? I I
0: don't think we do. I have no idea how long it's been, but it yeah, has to have cause... been a while.
1: Like, it's it's at least been something like one or two months, I think, because, like, Bingy has mentioned that he has to get back home for starting uni in September, so, like, I feel like this is, like, maybe, like, August or so, so it might be the, the same year, because, I mean, again, like, they did list them as 18, so I think they, I think this, <clears throat> sorry, I think this is, like, only a few months after they graduated high school.
0: That would make sense.
1: But yeah, he has been living in that van for at least a month, if not two, so it's like, yeah, he's really he's got a bit feral in terms of how he, like, handles food, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in any case, he has no cooking ability because he lives in the van, <laughs> I guess is the real answer. Uh, naturally, this leads to the pie being a disaster, which Mingy says would be a shame to serve to a customer at his restaurant job. And the, scheme, the scene just immediately slips over to the big baby tossing the pie dish at them as, uh, cow creamer grills them on the shitty job they did. Right, yeah. Justifiably so, because they did a bad job. Uh, Ryan dismisses this as them having taken a big swing in a more complicated recipe, so it's all good, right? Uh, but yeah, no. <laughs> Minky promises they'll do better, so they go back to the accursed American cookbook to try making worm banana mayonnaise salad, which just sounds so bad. <laughs> Like, I caught that word on there before they actually said it, based on, like, looking at the book, and it's like, ugh, that's just the worst. <laughs> also, I realized I don't know how to spell mayonnaise, because I forgot that has two ends. My notes are telling me I spelled it wrong, because I put two S's. <laughs> In any case, uh, they can once again try that, and Ryan fucks it up by uh basically just being himself and not knowing how to cook, so the dish gets thrown at them again. And after some more unspecified attempts that also fail, Count uh, Creamer tells them to try making something that tastes good for, from their disgusting cookbook because it turns out this is the only cookbook that was left after a grease fire. <laughs> With her also declaring that nobody likes post-war American food. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, that's true. Yeah,
1: it it is true. <laughs> Most American food specialties kind of suck, and also just really fatty, <laughs> so I don't like them especially because they make my lack of a gallbladder up. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Uh Ryan finally agrees to make brownies, but the two of them are pissy about the situation, especially when Mingy realizes that, uh, well, he says they, a.k.a. Ryan, used up all the butter steak that they had. Because also, like, during that uh, montage, we also saw, like, that same stick of butter that Ryan grabbed from, like, getting progressively smaller and smaller apartment. They're now out. <laughs> but uh Lorraine then admits that she kinda melted a bunch of butter in the microwave last time she was here and then just fucking bounced
2: them. <laughs>
1: so she takes them over to the microwave, which is still covered in the gross melted butter because she didn't clean it of course. And you know, she's like, Well you know, it's still butter technically and they are they are pissed about this, but they grab it anyway. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan actually finally follows the recipe this time. Probably more because like Mingy seems to be actually the one taking commands here for a change. Uh, but Mingy does act a little bit proud that he's actually able to like you know learn. <laughs> and their numbers actually do decrease down to one seventy two. I think you said they were like one eighty. They were at one eighty at right? the
0: end of my episode. Yes.
1: Yeah, so not a whole lot, but a little bit.
0: But we also don't know if they noticed that change. Like it's possible they T- think true, they dropped from yeah. two twenty down to one seventy two.
1: Yeah, we we didn't see them like actually like take notice of that or acknowledge it, so it could be that they didn't notice. Yeah, it. we have no idea Depends how much how time stu- passed
0: between episodes here.
1: Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh Mingy realizes that uh the number decreased because Brian finally learned something, which is to slow down. But he of course takes it a bit too far by saying he has a history with never learning his lesson, so that means Ryan was the one who was meant to be on the train and not him, by his logic. <laughs> and Ryan tries to apologize, but Minky assures him that the little a little sarcastically that they will help him get off the train and get his way home, which his whole attitude with how he's been treating Ryan about this, uh makes his number go back to two oh two. Minky then dismisses this saying that maybe Ryan didn't fully learn the lesson and it's like, my guy, just shut the fuck up. You're here too because you also suck.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, this poor boy does not understand it either.
3: <laughs> like, mm. he's,
1: technically, he's technically right about Ryan but he also doesn't realize that he's not at all learning his lesson too because again, he's just He's trying to, like, you know, be like, hey, you actually did something good, but also you're just, like, rubbing the fucking dirt in the wounds here a little bit of, like, how you're, you know, approaching things, though.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah. In any case, they kind of just push this aside for now to get the brownies to the pig baby, who ends up loving them. But he demands more, and Cow Creamer says that the pig baby must be kept happy until he dies, at which point... The guys who become the new pig baby. Yes, pig baby, pig baby forever. Pig baby forever. There, there must always be a pig baby. There's, there's <laughs> always, there's always a pig. There's always a lighthouse. There's always a baby. <laughs> I didn't, I can't make that fully right, but it's like there's always a lighthouse though, close stuff. That's the thing I had to say. I want
0: that to be the title, but it's way too long. <laughs>
1: but isn't it, oh yeah isn't it, there's always a man, there's always a sea, there's always a lighthouse, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely those three. I just forget the order of it. I feel like I think man is first. What if we just, just title just it "Pig Lighthouse Baby"? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be what we have to do.
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, it it's also like uh, I mean the other instinct I had there was like doing the whole like part of the ship, part of the crew. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. from the end of Pirates Three, but it's like part of the pig, part of the crew. <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, that's a good point. Would they fuse I, into it... one pig baby, or would they be two pig babies?
1: Uh, I I guess they was using the one pig baby, right?
0: I don't know. Also, I
1: feel like if we do, if we do pig lighthouse baby, I think we have to have the commas in there, though. Yeah,
0: certain- sure. <laughs> I'm just writing that down yeah. for future reference, no worries.
2: Yeah, yeah. Gotcha.
1: Alright, but yeah. Uh, basically, yeah, Ryan immediately refuses this, which makes pig baby laugh at, like, the fact that he feels like he has a toy. And as he laughs, Mingy spots that the door is inside the pig baby's mouth, which, which is horrifying. <laughs> Because apparently the pig baby is capable of eating the door. That's that's gross.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He points
1: this out to Ryan, who's also rightfully creeped out, and asks how they can get him to stop chewing. So their plan is basically they just pull the hat off of Kez to, to reveal her. Because it just makes the pig baby, like, get uh anxious and cry mm-hmm. instead of laughing and chewing. Uh so basically as he cries and Calgary was distracted by trying to appease him, they just leap up towards the mouth and just stay out of the door. Out of the car. <laughs>
2: uh, I do want uh, yeah, to, like, <laughs>
0: as gross as this is, some of the art in this episode is truly fantastic. Like, especially the pig baby itself. It really... Mm-hmm. there's some shots of him crying, and it just gets real close up on his face. You see the, the, the way he moves... It really, really reminds me of the, the some of the animation in Spirited Away, and I know that's not a fair comparison to make, but it's so standout for this show, it's very strange.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, there's really not been times when, like, the animation has gone gone hard in Infinity Train, but this is, like, one of the few times Yeah, it really it's does. like this,
0: and Alan Dracula blowing up the cop.
1: <laughs> well, I mean of course you gotta break out all the big bucks to lie down and, and blow up a yeah, cop pretty real much. again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh but yeah. But basically at yeah, this, uh Mingy again presses his luck by saying that he hopes they don't have to cook again to lower Ryan's number. Because of course you have to add in that whole part of like why to cook. <laughs> and Kez basically just herself casually says not to press your luck because it's just about the destination, man. <laughs> And that's the sense there. But yeah, uh, you know, it's again like one of those kinds of episodes where it's like there's like that little bit of like the moral lesson. I feel like it's like a little bit more up front and center in this one because again, Mingy is just kind of coming across as a huge dick
2: yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, they really have to, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's. They're very bad at learning as a unit, and because it's mm-hmm. two of them, and because they both need to learn, it's so much harder than normal seasons. <laughs> yeah. It,
1: it's like, I think back to, like, uh, when Jesse was first hanging out with Lake, when, like, you know, Jesse was like, oh, okay, what do I do? And, Je- and Lake was just like, uh, you know, th- do that, go get the thing, learn lesson, <laughs> do stuff. <laughs> and it's, like, meanwhile, it's like, less, the thing less he, Jesse had to learn was not to just always take orders from people, but it's, like, it was still very much, like, you know, they didn't really have to learn a whole lot, because, like, they already learned they hate the fucking train, they hate this place, they want to nah. get out, <laughs> <laughs> they knew that already. <laughs> yeah. It, it It's definitely, uh, I mean, I guess it's just based on the nature of there being two passengers in, which I guess technically, I guess, there were last season, but also, like, The whole thing with, obviously, Grace and Simon is they super didn't fucking know that you're supposed to be trying to get off the train by lowering your number. (laughs) They thought it was a fucking game to just have the highest fucking number. Like, that was the whole thing overall. And also, of course, Simon did not fucking learn anything. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, Simon's Simon. I don't have a better word for him.
1: No, that there's a, there's no really no better descriptor of it in terms of the Simon we met across those ten episodes. It gets technically like twelve if you include uh, the times that he showed up in season two. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, he sucks. The whole point is that he sucks and he won't learn his lesson and that gets him killed. <laughs> Rip and fist.
2: <piss.
1: laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh I feel like there's just in general a lot not as much to really say about this episode two though, besides that.
2: Yeah, it it's
0: it's kind of a slow one in a weird way, in that it's definitely necessary and they definitely put it right up front where it needs to mm-hmm. be and we're seeing what we need to see, but also it doesn't really do any deep diving, right? It's just like Yeah here's a lesson, guys. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like it's like hey, learn to like actually like take your time with stuff and not just rushing all the time, but also don't be a dick about
2: it. <laughs> Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's
0: it's fine. I enjoy how much effort they put into this extraordinarily weird premise, but it's also not. <laughs> we're four episodes deep, and maybe I'm just greedy, but I want more torments.
1: <sighs> yeah, this has not been as much of it. I think. Yeah. And I I, th- I don't I don't know if that's because like. You know, for the most part, we've at least had, like, aside from the human character having issues, but, like, we've always kind of had, like, a denizen who also had problems, because, like, you know, one one didn't obviously know who he was, and, you yeah, know, figured that out by the end. But, like, uh, Atticus at least had a mission, even if Atticus didn't get a lot of time to really shine. But, like, we had, obviously, Blake and all their trauma with being a reflection of a person, and then we also had uh Hazel and Tuba obviously, with, like, being, like, yeah, like, with, you know, both have traumatic stuff going on, one had all of her kids pass away, and the other doesn't know who she is or where she's from. (laughs) (laughs) Compared to, like, Kez, Kez, as much as, like, like Kez and how Kez just seems to just cause mischief everywhere she goes and just make problems for everybody, especially the guys, it's, like, Kez kind of just doesn't have that as a thing. Like, I don't know if we're gonna, like, learn later on that Kez actually has, like, a traumatic backstory or anything, but I kind of don't get the sense that Kez will be that, just because we have already, like, two characters that
2: have a lot of baggage in the form of Ryan and Minky. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know how to feel about
2: Kez in a lot of ways. Like,
0: there's gotta be a twist, right? There's gotta be something. But it seems kind of... Like, so far, all it's just been is, oh, she just causes problems everywhere she
2: goes.
1: Yeah, it's like, I, I think of Kez, like, basically, like, Kind of similar to Atticus, where it's like she's there more for jokes. Like how Atticus was there just for like, he's a dog, so he does dog stuff. Whereas like, Kez is just there and like she does, she says kind of silly stuff at times just because she doesn't care and about the situation, even though how severe it might be. Like the guy's about to be executed or whatever, well, even though she'll still help them.
0: I-, I don't think that's strictly true though, because Kez has been our driving force, like Of the three episodes we've had on the train, she is directly responsible for every problem that the train has had.
2: True. Yeah, so she's she's
1: just there, like, she's going along and she's just messing with everybody, basically. (laughs) And just, like, being like, you I don't see why that's a problem.
0: Yeah, and at some point it's like, okay, sure, I get the message that she communicates a little differently than most folks. Great. But... Some of these are not communication. Some of this is just straight-up malicious. She is breaking things because she wants to break things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like her like fucking about with the park denizens by changing the era thermometer thing. Uh-huh. Or this, where it's like, yeah, she just fucked up all the butter and d- did not clean up the microwave afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I not I, I definitely... I definitely feel like there should be something about Kez that we find out later on
2: that explains a lot. But I don't I don't know. We've only got six more episodes of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At most. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I don't think at this point I have much more to say about these episodes. But I'm very, very, very curious about where we're going here. Because I don't see a direct line to anything right now. And I love that.
2: Yeah,
1: like, it, it's not like how, like, in all the other seasons, like, you,
0: like, I mean, from the start, we know
1: that Tulip had to, like, learn and process, her parents' divorce and everything. Like, we caught on pretty quickly that Jesse's problem is that he kind of just rolls over for other people, and also, we already knew from season one that they hits the train and wants to get off. Mm-hmm, yep. And, like, also from season two, we already knew that Grace and Simon are dumbasses. <laughs> doing bad stuff and then it's like yeah slowly over time Grace realizes that denizens have feelings too because they're also people (laughs) just just because they're not always human doesn't mean they ain't people but it's like it's the contrast between her and Simon where it's like she's at least willing to learn and change compared to him but it's like in this it's like well Brian and Mingy both suck kinda (laughs) not nearly as bad as Simon did obviously but it's like they're both kinda self-centered dudes Mm -hmm. Don't, like, take each other into account, really. <laughs> and then because it's kind of just... They're causing problems sometimes on purpose, sometimes not.
3: <laughs> so I
1: guess I guess we'll see in the next three weeks where we go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh... <laughs> we don't have a whole lot of time left on the train, but you bet your boots no. I'm gonna make the best of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's... That's weird to think about that, it's like... Let's see, uh, if we don't miss a recording week, then we'd be starting a new show on the 17th of
0: August. Oh, I don't like that. I don't want to say that. <laughs> that seems
2: too,
1: that seems way too soon, right? <laughs> but it's like, no, we would finish Infinity Train on the 10th. <sighs> And it's weird because it's like, yeah, we still did have twenty overall when we're like when we get to that point on Infinity Train. It just felt so much shorter. So I guess it makes sense. It is a shorter show overall.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. it's a shorter show, and I know we knew that going into it, but it still feels really weird.
1: Yeah, because it's like it feels like it was not very long ago when we first started
2: Infinity Train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but, you know, we got three more episodes, we'll make it through, and then and then whatever happens next, we'll we'll figure it out. I guess we have to figure yeah. it out, we only have three weeks left. <laughs> 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 well, it's your pick, you have to figure oh, it no. out. Oh
1: <laughs> no! Sorry, don't mean to put the pressure on you, but this is my pick, it ain't my pick Unless, next.
0: responsibility. <laughs> How dare me. <laughs> Hey folks, this is Patch from the Future. I'm sorry to cut in, but I'm afraid I've got some unfortunate news. Due to entirely unexplained programming issues, we managed to lose the entire back half of Vivian Vaudio for this episode. She just kind of cuts out. So in the interest of, you know, not torturing our listeners by making me talk to myself for the next 40 minutes, I think we're just going to go ahead and cut it here. So no third segment today. Uh, many apologies for the inconvenience. Before we go, though, we do want to throw a huge thank you to our Patreon supporters. So thank you very, very much to Trigger Harpy, Bookcase Queen, and Aurora Borealis. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, if you are interested in the show, you can find us on Blue Sky at us cast and on Twitter at us cast two. And for the moment, I think we're probably good. So remember, Osweirdos have to strike together. Bye.